Capital Market Insights from ICMA. Greetings and a warm welcome to the ICMA FinTech Podcast, a series where we explore the technological innovation in and transformation of the international capital markets. I'm Oliver Tinkler, Head of Communications and Press for ICMA. As an international trade association, ICMA is involved with the intricate landscapes of primary, secondary, repo and collateral markets, and we understand the pivotal role of market electronification. Throughout this series, we'll bring you conversations with ICMA's fintech vendor members, the driving forces behind the innovation shaping our capital markets. Today, we're delighted to be joined by Sanjay Garodia, who's CEO and founder of Covalent Capital. Sanjay, good morning. Nice to meet you. Um, many thanks indeed for joining us today. Um, for, for those of us who who aren't kind of aware too much of, of Covalent Capital, can you tell us a little about yourself and, and the company? Absolutely, Oliver. Uh, first up, my name is Sanjay Garodia. I am the CEO and founder of Covalent Capital. So maybe just get uh, things about myself out of the way first. So I come from a fixed income trading background, uh, essentially worked for 20 years uh, in the fixed income trading space before starting Covalent. My last role was at Deutsche Bank as uh, head of uh, credit trading for Asia. Bulk of my career essentially has been at Deutsche Bank in various roles, trading uh, different fixed income markets, a structured financing business, and uh, obviously, as I mentioned, uh, the last role around uh, credit trading. And incidentally, I also found my two co-founders from Deutsche Bank. So obviously, grateful for learning and getting the team to get Covalent started. Uh, coming on to Covalent, uh, so we started in 2017. Incidentally, exactly seven years uh, around this week. So a good time to speak to Ikma about it. So we are a primarily fixed income uh, focused business. So we do only fixed income, only prime markets but we do everything around it. That's, that's the way we look at it. So essentially in the last seven years, we've become a leading fixed income primary market infrastructure provider in Asia. And uh, just a few things to highlight, we'll come to the product part later, but just in terms of the company itself. So we've been lucky to have strong institutional ownership. So two of our shareholders happen to be Singapore Stock Exchange and Temasek, which is one of the leading sovereign wealth funds in the region. Uh, we have had uh, pretty strong product partnerships. So whether it is CCDC, which is the largest sort of primary venue in China, whether it is uh, Net Roadshow, leading uh, roadshow provider, whether it's SGX or ISIN. So we strongly believe in partnerships, uh, whether it is for uh, data, whether it is for some other services which our clients need. And uh, essentially, same thing on the data side as well. And after establishing ourselves in Asia, we are looking to uh, expand into Europe and Australia, which is where we've had a few meetings, uh, if you remember. And uh, essentially, we've started, uh, we've gone live in this markets uh, six months back and uh, hope to carry on what we've learned in Asia in these other markets. And um, thinking about the the, uh, the the product or the service of, of, of Covalent, what's the core innovation or the unique features that set your fintech uh, solution apart? So a few things. Um, I guess it's not just one thing which I can say, you know, it's been seven years of journey. So I think uh, having been in the markets before and seen what and how the processes work, I think that was some learning when we started. And sometimes it's 
actually been beneficial to start late because the newer technology and the way we think about the whole business has been slightly different. I think first thing what we attempted to do was what we call build a full life cycle product around the whole primary process. So I know traditionally people start on one particular part of the process and sort of build product around it. So what we've taken an approach that, uh, you know, for data interoperability, for use of the whole process, I think uh, it makes sense to think about a full life cycle product. And what we mean by full life cycle is essentially everything from mandate, document hosting, roadshow logistics, down to deal broadcast, book building, allocation, and uh, trade tickets, right? So that's how we look at the whole primary uh, innovations process. And what we have done uniquely compared to, uh, I guess, existing solutions is we've added the data component at every single step of the process. So whether you're doing a new deal, you need to know what's happening in the market. Well, you have that information. Are you doing allocations? You have algorithms. You've got past data. You can analyze investor behavior. When you're pitching, you have the whole data set, leak tables. So essentially what we have done is combine the whole execution part with the data part. So it becomes much simpler, much easier uh, for most of our users to use the platform. And the last thing, if I can highlight is, again, which is, I think, unique to our platform, is the interface which we have created or the platform we've created essentially allows all sorts of users in this process. So whether it is issuers, whether it is underwriters, whether it's investors, whether it is service providers like law firms, we have all four types of people on our platform, on the same platform. So essentially the whole data transfer becomes simultaneous as opposed to sequential. And that's something unique about our platform. Can you talk a little about what inspired the development of this solution and, and how it addresses a, a, a specific need or challenge in the, in the, in the marketplace? Funny you ask that, I need to go back to my old job. Uh, so actually the inspiration came from while I was working at Deutsche and obviously being involved on the secondary trading side of the business. And uh, we had a sort of combined sales team, right? And uh, on most days where there were primary issues sort of freezes them up. So one day I just spent some time on uh, the other side of the aisle in terms of what exactly they do in terms of a new issue process. And honestly, that's where I realized a lot of the process is manual, a lot of it is iterative, a lot of it is essentially low value add. And one of our co-founders actually comes from the credit sales background. And uh, it was very easy to convince him to join together when we started this, because he could see that a lot of the work they were doing was not necessarily value adding from their perspective or the bank's perspective. So we did see that inefficiency around uh, the whole information dissemination, order collection, allocation information dissemination. So we thought there has to be a better way to do these things. And that honestly was the inspiration to start this company. Looking, I suppose, kind of looking forward now, you know, I, I, what insights can you share about kind of emerging trends in the industry and, and especially around kind of covalent, how your product is positioned your solution is positioned to evolve over the over the medium term. So I think two things come to my mind uh, if I really think about emerging trends or trends in general. I won't call them emerging trends. Obviously, the names change for some of those things. So to me, one continuous theme which we have been seeing, obviously, broader theme around the whole electronification of market itself, which is happening in some shape or form. So ignoring that, if I look at two specific things which 
our clients or in general uh, industry clients want or users want one clearly is interoperability right so that's something which again has been going on for a few years and we can see that a lot on the secondary market side primary market still been sort of slower on that uh, that change right uh, so i think if you look at if i think about covalent right so our name itself for example comes from covalent bond and covalent bond is formed by sharing of electrons so the whole idea behind setting up the companies how do we share the infrastructure right the whole interoperability thing how do we seamlessly transfer data from one platform to the other obviously there are incumbents who are monopoly duopolies and how do the new guys deal with uh, the incumbents that to me is a constantly evolving landscape obviously you've seen enough partnership announcements a lot of the uh, you know arrangements where people can transfer data from one place to the other i think that space continues to evolve in my mind and uh, clearly that's something which buy side definitely needs right so we have to make sure how do we deliver and that just not for the sake of data transfer it just improves the whole process reduces errors reduces risk and brings around a lot of uh, sort of efficiency in the whole process and the second one is uh, again ai if i may right so obviously it's been in some form or the other in our industry right so whether it was machine learning before and then ai and now predictive ai so clearly people in our industry or our market will be skeptical about the predictability part but still there is lot to do in terms of how we manage the data right? so in terms of clearly the big play was around having the data first right so who has the data right so then how do we bring in the data so to me the whole um, ball game is going to change from uh, traditional data providers on how that data is then easily transferred into usable format by lot of the end users right to me that's where ai will play play a big role especially for people like us who are uh, supporting the data usage in terms of understanding what the client needs how do we sort of store the data first in a structured manner how do we read the data from unstructured formats and then how do we vectorize it what kind of rags do we use so i think a lot of it will come through in the next few years in terms of how these models develop and how you deliver the end solutions to the client so to this space is actually quite exciting excellent thanks so much for that and and i mean thinking that thinking back to the early days of covalent capital and kind of incidentally happy 7th birthday that's up, up upcoming <laughs> <laughs> how did the market welcome your solution and you know in those early days did you face any particular obstacles so weird you asked that oliver uh, um, just a couple of days back one of my ex colleagues was here right so he plans to start something on the secondary trading platform and having exactly the same conversation um so to me we always underestimate the biggest problem in our or biggest challenge for any company like ours is the adoption cycle and the time it takes i mean obviously this ex colleague of mine he was and like us at the same time when we started i thought the biggest challenge was going to be hiring a technology team building a product but to me yes that was a challenge uh, obviously you need to make sure you deliver the right product you have the right sort of uh, security everything else but biggest challenge in our industry especially we're dealing with highly regulated players is the whole adoption cycle i think all of us underestimate how long it takes for getting your first client second client third client right 
So we had the same issue when we started. So we launched our first sort of product end of 18. And for one or two years, it was really tough in terms of uh, getting clients on board. Not because they didn't like the product, not just because I mean, they are regulated. So they have to follow a process and that process takes long. And sometimes all of them are facing cost issues. So it's not easy for them to move as fast as we would like them to. I mean, that's obviously for our own selfish perspective, we would want banks and asset managers to move much faster than they do. Uh, but it eventually happens. So the good part is uh, now we can see that a result of staying there in the game. Right. So now we have more than 420 sort of institutions using the platform. Right? We've got around 450 underwriters. We've got more than 220 buy side firms. We got most of the top law firms. So obviously you see that eventually, but the journey is is hard. I mean, for anybody who's starting new, that generally is my first message. Right? You have to be prepared for the long haul. Uh, this is not easy to just have a good product. So adoption will take time. Uh, it does take time. But just stick at it. Yes. <laughs> no choice. <laughs> so this is a sandbox in all the banks where you could you know do things trial, but unfortunately, and a lot of it is. I'm guessing driven by regulation itself, right? So uh, they need to make sure whatever they use uh, is compliant. Right? So yeah, I mean, it, it brings me on to my next point about you mentioned regulation quite a bit in your in your in your previous response, and I wanted to kind of you know mm -hmm. ask you about mm -hmm. how you balance innovation. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're 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 a fintech. I, I mean, I mm -hmm. hate to use the words kind of startup, but you know, mm -hmm. you're a fintech company. How do you balance that innovation with regulatory compliance? The regulatory compliance issues of your of your potential clients especially you know as fixed income itself is a is an evolving landscape so a few things in that question oliver so to me the way i think about uh, the whole regulatory requirements and framework obviously we are a technology provider so we are not directly regulated by let's say a central bank or a sec or sfc but thing is your users are and by extension you are also required to follow the same sort of standards right so to me some things are essentially non-negotiable uh, so whether it is data protection whether it is info securities whether it is uh, you know things like password policy or having your own sort of policies around and processes around to me those are sort of non-negotiable. So there's no point hiding those things. So have those systems, processes ingrained as part of your culture when you start, right? So have those things built up, right? And then you sort of think about innovation, right? So to me, innovation can still happen. In fact, we think uh, our industry doesn't change things fast enough, right? So in fact, it's good for us. I look for us, that's music to our ears, right? When things change, it actually gives us a better chance because we are hopefully nimbler faster uh happy to take more uh risk in that sense of trying new things and delivering them faster so that actually gives us a more edge compared to incumbents which are typically slower in terms of responding to change so change itself is actually good for us but we just need to make sure that the basic regulatory sort of blocks we always have as part of your build so that you don't need to trip on that later on i'm not sure it makes sense but uh, that's what that's how I think about it. Excellent. No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And just, I, I suppose, kind of finally, 
you know, we are recording this in early January 2024. Thinking mm -hmm. about your kind of hopes and aspirations for this year for Covalent Capital, you know, mm -hmm. what can you what can you tell us about about those aspirations? So, as I was alluding to earlier in uh, my responses, right? So, I think uh, we have established ourselves as a player in an Asian context, and uh, clearly going to other markets is sort of, uh, we have to do the same process in terms of how do we sort of get ourselves adopted. So obviously we have people who joined us in Europe who come from the industry who spend enough time in the industry itself, unfortunately couldn't be there on the call today. But uh, so we have the connectivity and some of the connectivity comes through our same clients who are using it in Asia and sort of connecting us to their colleagues in Europe. Uh, so that is there. but coming back to the earlier adoption point. So that process is still sort of long, right? In some places, even for a trial, you need to have a checkbox in terms of doing the basic due diligence. Unfortunately, we can't short circuit that process. So our hope is we can replicate what we did in Asia in a European context and an Australian context. I think that's what we are looking forward to in terms of uh, this year. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so, so much, Sanjay. And, you know, thanks very much for sharing your insights and also kind of joining me today on, on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about ICMA's work across fintech and digitalization, then please look at the episode description where we've included links to the useful resources. But once again, thank you, Sanjay, for joining me today. And to our other listeners, join us next time. Thank you. Thank you so much, Oliver, and thank you, Ikma, for giving me the opportunity to share about Covalent and uh, bring on the message. We are a shared platform. We work with everybody wherever possible. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you for listening. For more ICMA podcasts and further information on capital markets, please visit our website, icmagroup.org.